0: It's 5 o'clock and they're almost finished with the makeover. They had reached the city at 10 o'clock in the morning and it took them 5 to 6 hours to purchase a dress which was already selected a few days ago. It's a really big day tomorrow for Rhea, perhaps the most important. And her friends want everything to be perfect, to host an ideal, dream-like event, something which Rhea would remember for the rest of her life. Naturally, her friends seemed more interested than her. She's sitting in a salon with her makeover almost finished when she's told by her friends that they would have to leave for an emergency regarding the planning of the event. She isn't aware that they had planned a surprise party for her. It takes an hour for everything to reach its completion. Everyone has left, leaving her alone and she to board a bus to her town since the last train has departed. She hadn't thought that it would actually take this long for them to finish. She reaches the bus station only to find out that the next bus is running late and hence is left with no choice but to sit and wait. She chooses an isolated bus shelter, though it isn't as if the bus stop is crowded in the first place. It's her wedding day tomorrow, and she's quite anxious, but didn't have much room to think with her friends around. The sun has already set. It's getting dark. The weather is getting colder, and she feels the wind rushing past her cheeks. It's nice and cozy, the kind which provides her the comfort of introspection. So, without realizing it, she starts to contemplate. Thoughts slowly come to her which hasn't happened in a really long time, perhaps due to her busy schedule and responsibilities throughout the recent years. She starts thinking. It starts with the memories formed recently, the one she made in the USA, where she had gone for further studies in the pursuit of a master's degree. She starts reminiscing about her college days. She had never thought she would marry someone. It was an evening like this with slightly cold weather. It was getting dark and she had forgotten her overcoat in her hostel and hence could feel it getting colder. It was a day off from college and her friends had planned a trip away from the city, far from the chatter, the lights, the sound of passing vehicles and the crowd. But her friends living up to their stereotypes, had called her an hour ago to the place where they would arrive with the van. So, she sat down on one of the benches, from where she could see the waves raging against and running over each other, as if they were siblings fighting over a toy. They appeared powerful and mighty, and yet provided her a sense of calm and serenity. Some minutes passed. She called her friends who said that they'd be reaching soon. There was no one around to pass the time or indulge in a conversation with when she arrived. Her eyes wandered off to the railing and she saw someone leaning against them, lost in thoughts similar to the main character in a film. And in some way, she felt like another character. The place felt abandoned as almost everyone had either gone for films Or on their own trips. It was then that he turned around and noticed her observing him. Their eyes met for a few seconds, the eye contact broken by her looking away. She had already examined him physically, not in a creepy way, just how anyone normally would whenever they saw someone who appeared interesting to them. He was tall and that's something she didn't usually acknowledge because of her above average height good posture and lean body he wouldn't be termed muscular but not skinny either his hair was probably his most noticeable feature it had a dark brown complexion medium length and you could tell that it was well taken care of
1: are you from around here
2: no i'm just visiting with my friends it's our day off from college and we've planned a trip what about you
1: Oh, a trip. Sounds nice. Some time away from the headache city life. This place is close to me. I just come around whenever I'm feeling low. I just want some time for myself. It's the waves that calm me down and help me clear my head. Hi, I'm Mike, by the way. Nice to meet you.
0: I'm Rhea. Nice to meet you, too. She noticed that he was responsive and a really good listener. It made her feel as if she could share everything with him, something which was truly rare for her. He sat next to her and they started conversing, ranting about his city and her college life. An hour passed, but she only realized it when her friends arrived with the van. Someone had encountered a family issue and was unable to come, hence leaving a space for one. Thinking about it all now, It truly seems like fate that she was able to invite him in. Everyone camped around a bonfire that night. She sat down with her friends and she and Mayank really hit it off. Talking about their lives and then moving on to discussing philosophy, literature and in general life. Eventually, they started dating and realized that they were comfortable enough to spend the rest of their lives together. So she happily said yes. When he proposed to her in college and tomorrow's her wedding thinking about which she again feels anxious it isn't as if the love for each other has melted away but it's definitely dulled she noticed things about him which she earlier hadn't nothing wrong just that she didn't expect them eventually the memories take a different path
2: how petty humans are Jumping from, from one relationship to another, like, like we're boarding, boarding ships, ships. Only, only to, reach to reach some destination, destination which we know which is ideal, is but don't but want don't to acknowledge. We compare, compare the, people the people we're with to the ones in the, ones past, in the past, just to, just to find, find faults in them.
0: It is then that the memories of her and Prati come to her mind. What wouldn't she give to see him again? She knows that it's wrong to think about him the day before her wedding, but she can't help it the train of thought is broken when she notices a distant light approaching her. The bus has arrived. From its appearance itself, it seems like it hasn't been serviced in a long time. The bus driver, with a cigarette in his mouth, signals her to get in. It's almost empty. Then again, it usually is around this time. As she's climbing the bus stairs, she takes a peek inside with her hand on one of the supports. It is at this moment that she's frozen in her place, still as ice. She finds it difficult to believe.
2: No, no, no. 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 It's, just it's just the just thoughts the appearing again. again. This, this cannot can be, be true.
1: It's Pratik in one of the seats looking out of the window with the book in his hands which seems to have forced him into thinking. He has a calm look over his face, the kind you have when you're just satisfied with life, which actually seems too ideal to be true. Just as it happened with Mayang, he notices her looking at him and the calmness over his face turns into excitement. The one you experience when seeing someone long lost, someone who was too dear to you, and he jumps up from his seat. She regains the control of her body and moves closer to hug him, holding him with all her might as if he's a dream and is seconds away from vanishing like a ghost.
3: Hey, easy. I'm not running away. Besides, No one would ever run away from you.
1: After a day full of lectures and labs, she remembers his smile, how she used to find some kind of peace in it. She loved these small details and features of him, how easily he would make her laugh at one moment and turn into a really good listener, attentive as an eagle the next. She always felt as if talking to herself or introspecting while indulging in long conversations with him. Sometimes, she pretty much did. There were days when he wasn't around. She would be feeling low and would just imagine talking to him, ranting about the hectic college life, her grades, the pressure and expectations from family or maybe someone she fought with and it calmed her down and provided a sense of relief. She told him about how this used to happen to her when he wasn't around and he laughed at it for hours, embarrassing her whenever he got the chance. It took him ages to propose to her, which he had always believed would never happen because from the beginning he wasn't much into relationships. Besides, it wasn't as if she actually started loving him. Or was it? She wasn't sure.
2: What is love, anyway? Is it the comfort you feel around someone, or is it the ease of talking to them which makes you want to share every detail of your life?
1: The thing she was always sure of, though, was their friendship. They were so close as to be often cited as a couple in the college by people who didn't know them personally. She finally lets go of him, and they both sit down beside each other.
3: Finally, I thought I would have to cover the entire journey, standing still and hugging you. Well, not that I mind doing it. She's aware
1: that he's trying to annoy her by flirting, but it's one of the things she liked about him, never giving up even when he's told to, or however lame it may sound. She forces a laugh to appear sarcastic to complete the picture of a couple including an annoying and a sarcastic personality and always involved in a chain of comments to see who had a better sense of humor.
3: Hey, don't go all sarcastic on me again. Damn, Rhea, how long has it been since we last had a conversation?
2: Um, three? No, four years. I don't remember actually. It's all a distant memory for me. Seeing you here still feels like a dream.
3: Maybe it is. Anyway, how's life been treating you?
2: It's had its ups and downs. I haven't ranted in a long time though.
3: (laughs) Haha, well, my ear is always open.
2: After graduation, I went to the states for my masters. I returned last year and got placed into a pretty decent company. What about you?
3: Well, you know how I always hated the concept of desk jobs? Like working in a closed space for 7-8 to hours every day for the rest of my life? No way! The sheer idea of it haunted me. Still, and you won't believe it, when I got a placement offer from a company offering above average pay, my father forced me into accepting that offer.
2: Dude!
3: I know, I know. I sound hypocritical considering my rants about people wasting the little time they have in this world in tiny cubicles. Believe me, I do. But I still had to accept it.
2: It's fine, I guess. Happens to the best of us. Hey, um, do you still work in that company, though?
3: No, no. Last year, I finally gathered up the courage to talk to my father. It didn't go how it usually goes in the films though. See I understand his part that he wants me to have a stable life. Nevertheless, I gave my resignation the next day and left that life behind for good. Whoa! so what are you up to these days? You know what, I finally realized that I was quite interested in photography and since then I've been traveling all around the world capturing some wonderful moments. I've been freelancing for different companies and honestly the pay has been really good.
2: That's like so nice to know. By the way have you been in touch with any of our friends from college?
1: Since Ria had been away she had lost whatever little contact she had with her friends. In the beginning she used to talk to them regularly, either through texts or calls. But eventually, everyone got busy in their lives. Some with their jobs, some with further studies, and they slowly grew apart. The last time she had texted someone was Chaitanya.
3: Yeah, I had been in regular contact with Chaitanya and Aditi. It's just Chaitanya though. Oh, by the way. Did you know that fool finally proposed to her?
2: Yeah, it happened a year after we graduated if I remember correctly. That's the last time I talked to him and Aditi though. Anyway, how are they doing now?
3: Um, everything was going well at the start. They were also living together. In fact, I used to stay at their place quite often whenever I visited Pune. But it only lasted a year though. I tried to hold it together, tried talking to both of them. But it was of no use and eventually they broke up.
2: That must have hurt a lot. I feel really bad for not being there for them when they needed me.
3: Yeah, I did. I was really close to both of them. It pained me a lot to see Chaitanya literally crying at times. Aditi left and we grew apart because she felt as if I always took Chaitanya's side. Also, it wasn't their breakup that worried me though. It was how they took it. It kind of scarred them for life.
2: Doesn't everybody? breakup?
3: Yeah, they all do. Why do you think that is? To be honest, I've given it some thought already. I think it's because a lot of relationships don't end up on a mutual understanding and even the ones that do are plagued by their past memories.
2: Yeah, but don't we try so hard to forget everything about them? Shouldn't we hate the other person for what they did, how they made us feel and the pain that we had to deal with?
3: See, we do try to forget everything about them but I don't think it's practically possible. Like we recommend people to get over it but can we really? Our memories never just go away. But don't we try so hard
2: to not think about these memories in order to move on?
3: Yeah I do agree that they get dulled over time and we succeeded not thinking about it at all when we meet someone new, but it all comes back whenever we sit in solitude. Also, have you ever noticed that while playing back those memories, we only think of the happy ones, ignoring the times we felt neglected? And even if we do consider everything we went through, it's not appropriate to hate the other person for it. Because we were together in all of it, isn't it?
2: I just don't understand what leads us to end a relationship. Whenever we find someone we feel comfortable enough to share our life with, at that moment, it feels as if we could live together for eternity.
3: Well, I've always thought of relationships to be a little overrated. Not relationships specifically, but people's expectations of it. I mean, how can we expect another person to share every part of themselves? their feelings, emotions, regrets, events involving both the past and the present for the entirety of their lives without tolerating a single change in their nature towards them. Isn't a change considered inevitable? Also, also, we often agree to provide each other some personal space, but I don't think any such space actually exists. I read somewhere, that it's insanely difficult to abandon the comfort of solitude and prepare yourself to completely open up to anyone.
2: Hmm, true
3: I guess. Eventually, we do get bothered and that's where things go downhill from. While saying this, I do realise that we already know when a relationship gets toxic for us. But there's always societal pressure, a norm of a sort of being in a relationship. That's the reason breakups happen. And when they do, they hurt even more. And things don't usually end on a mutual agreement.
1: Rhea experiences something she hasn't in a long time. She used to love their long conversations beside the lake on the campus. Pratik was always good at holding up conversations by being a really good listener. They used to discuss love, depression, relationships, life, literature and various philosophies involved. She had never felt such comfort with anyone else. Others were rarely able to answer her questions satisfactorily. She always admired these qualities in him – his intellect, his thoughts about life, how he made you feel relevant rather than imposing his views on you, which quite frankly, he could with little to no effort.
4: I understand the
2: part about it being a societal norm, leading to things not ending up mutually, but what about the happy memories of the time spent together? the long conversations, the affection? Aren't these to look out for in a relationship and reasons to hold us together, to try everything we can, even when it gets hurtful and we recommend it to end it? hmm We tend to preserve the relationship because we're hopeful, which isn't wrong in any way. We just want them to remain the way they are and it hurts to see them change.
3: Well... That is where we are mistaken, or rather we fool ourselves. We only think about the times spent merrily together, forgetting that it was all overshadowed by some events which genuinely hurt us. There are times when we feel bound, misunderstood, unworthy and often feel untrusted and irrelevant. We often mistake relationship for happiness, when it's just a part of life, and like life itself, it's actually the happy memories that exist momentarily.
1: Rhea has been listening contently to what he has to say. But somewhere, the anxiety of her wedding comes back and she's compelled to ask him his thoughts on relationships turning into marriages. All this while, she realizes that she is basically looking for an answer for herself but doesn't feel comfortable in accepting this fact.
2: I realize how sometimes we might feel like we're compatible enough to spend our entire life together. But another thought I had come across. Once we know someone for what they truly are, we start losing interest in them. And it's our inherent human nature. Like. We get tired of answering to them, subjecting ourselves to their opinions and their never-ending expectations. We end up having kids and I know that we truly love them. But eventually, they become the reason for us staying together and not the other way around. The relationship just loses
1: its affection and trust. She wants to tell him about her wedding the next day. She wants to know how he would react to it. Would he be sad? It's been so long already. Does he still feel the same way about her? It becomes unbearable, and she ends up just blabbering it out. Pratik, it's my wedding tomorrow.
3: It's funny, actually. And I know it sounds foolish, but I never considered that you would ever marry. It's not that you wouldn't have found anyone, but more likely, I can't think of someone deserving enough to marry you.
2: Why Why didn't we stay stay together? together? The image of us together together seems so perfect, perfect. even Even if if perfect perfect doesn't exist. exist. Have I why ever I felt so close in, in my current relationship? relationship? What, what led, led me to accept this proposal? Was it was the it pressure, pressure from my, my family, family my, friends, my friends, the society, the society as Prateek said? Society was I really, really ready, ready to commit?
1: To
3: Rhea, why didn't we stay together? I feel as if we could have countered all the problems we faced, even the ones which led us to its separation. Looking back, they seem so puny compared to the loneliness we currently feel. Or at least I do. I have thought of you for all the time we are apart. Even though we are so far away and have been for a really long time. I have never felt closer to anyone else.
2: Why though? Does it? really matter what everyone thinks of me? Aren't we given just one life to live the way we desire? What happened to all those YOLO quotes we
4: used when we were young? Are we humans such hypocrites? Pratik turns towards her. She notices Pratik coming closer, all the while knowing that he must be feeling similar. Her train of thought breaks once again. She feels his warm lips upon her cold ones, his hands placed around with her face in them, providing her comfort, a sense of relief and warmth. She feels as if her existence truly matters. She realizes it's morally wrong, but is stuck in place. She suddenly hears a high-pitched squeal as the brakes are applied and the engine shuts off. She does not want to let go, but can't help but burst into tears as deep down she knows she will have to. Why? The answer is still unknown to her. She loses herself in Pratik's arms as the bus comes to a stop and she realizes she has just reached her destination. Moments pass.
3: Go. Everyone's waiting for you. Don't worry about me. I'll always be there waiting for you, whenever you feel ready."
4: She isn't offended. She knows what's going on inside him. It's like she can read his mind and knows he can as well. It's just difficult to put in words. The bus driver gives the last call and she gets up, forcing herself to break away. She just can't face him. She can't help it though and finally, as she's stepping down the stairs, looks back at her seat only to realize that it's empty. Suddenly, everything becomes dull, her vision is blurred and everything seems to be moving a little slower. All the noises around her sound muffled until the driver's calls are replaced by her friend's voices. They sound excited to see her. She doesn't understand what's happening around her. Her senses still seem lost. She is shaken up, and it all suddenly comes back to her. Was it just one of those imagined conversations she used to have in college? She moves her hand to notice the tears swelling up in her eyes and rolling down her cheeks. She is surrounded by her friends, who yet don't have a clue of what's going on. Some are chattering, implying that it's probably just the pressure of her wedding the next day. It's when her friends take her back inside the house that she finally comes back to her senses and is able to think rationally. She starts to recollect. How long has it been? Three? No, four years. It was the final year of college. They were returning from a tour. Chaitanya and Aditi were sitting on the adjacent seat. It felt more like an illusion than a memory. Pratik was then next to her. She felt his warm hands in hers. The bus was similar to the one she boarded just now. And that's when it took place, the accident which took him away forever. She cries uncontrollably, her hands automatically rushing to hide and wipe the tears away. It's like an unending ocean of tears has suddenly formed inside her eyes while her friends stand there, dumbstruck and clueless.